the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Love stoops to serve. Love stoops to cleanse a dirty man. Love leaves a meal and even lets a betrayer at a love feast. Our world will tell us that to lead, we need to make sure that everybody is underfoot. Well, the opposite is the truth, as we see in Scripture. Welcome. This is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. We're taking a look at the serving leader. It's found here. John chapter 13, verses 1 through 17. It's a marvelous example of what true leadership, true biblical, spiritual leadership really looks like really is the antithesis of what we see in the world around us. Here's Pastor Phil Howard and today's broadcast of Truth For Today. His love for his own is continuous. I have loved you up to this moment. I will love you to the utmost. Listen to what Merle Tenney says. The significance of loving them to the uttermost is not that he loved them to the last of his life, but that he loved them to the uttermost degree of which he was capable. There was nothing else left to give when he got through. Have you ever exhausted yourself loving somebody? Maybe a mother making it through the night with a sick child and tired might be an an illustrating love. Made you stay up with them all night, taking their temperature cooling their head, love that exhausts itself in giving. And this is the picture of Christ. He loved them continuously. I loved you in the past. I've been loving you these three and a half years. I will continue to love you as long as I have anything to give. There's something remarkable. God wants a people that learn to love continually. And we often become exhausted in this matter of love. We uh, say, I've been betrayed. Somebody bailed out on me. They're not there for me. I can't afford to keep this up. Continuous love. He loves, his love is contrasted to who he loves. The only love in the room is coming from Christ. And how can such unworthy objects be loved so greatly? How can you and I as such sinners ever merit and gain the attention of such love? His love is out of who he is. He said, I know who I am. I know where I'm going. And I am free to love because my circumstances and the characters in my life don't control the love button. You are in charge of whether you love or not. People are never to be in charge. If you're waiting for people, you'll never be a lover. 
I had a man in great tears share a moving story. He shared the story with me that uh, been in a marriage for a long time. Not a good marriage. Second marriage. And in that marriage, as he wept and shared, he said, I've been in a marriage in which I haven't loved my wife. I said, well, how long have you been married? He said, 30 years. I said, well, it's about time you kick in. Why, why did you marry a woman you weren't going to love? He said, well, I, in my first marriage, he said, uh, my wife committed adultery on me twice. And he said, we divorced over that. But after a while, you know, you need a woman. Just need one of those things. Oh, huh? for what? Cooking and cleaning and... And just to be there every time a sex urge hits. Far from love. Sex isn't love. Playboys prove that. So you went ahead and got married. Y'all got married. But what did you do? I said, I'll marry her. But I'm not going to give her my heart. He's been broken once. I'll just be in the relationship. I'll stay on a job, pay rent, have kids, eat meals, have sex, and fight and quarrel. But 30 years, I could say, you don't have my heart. No woman will ever have it again. He said, now she's exhausted. Now she's depleted. Now she's ready to leave me. Because I haven't loved her for over 30 years. And he breaks down weeping. I said, do you think you can trust her now? Been 30 years. Yeah. Do you love her? I love her with all my heart. But I was hurt in the first marriage. I was bruised. And I said, I'll never trust like that again. I'm never going to allow myself to be hurt that way again. So I'll just build a wall around me and, hi, honey, and we're there. She's there, but you're never going to get really in my heart. I'm never going to let you where you can hurt me. And there are thousands of people living that way with walls around their heart. They've been betrayed. They've been hurt. And they're in the poor soul, blame, blame, blame. And they've got the worst deal, the worst dad, the worst mom, the worst marriage, the worst something. You'll never love based on that. You've got to know who you are with God, that you've got a heavenly father and a savior who has loved you and is loving you, who has rescued you. Now, if you've never been rescued, you don't have the resources to love this way. You'll have to come to Christ and have this bath and you'll have to meet him to cleanse your heart and give you a new heart. You can't do it without him. But I know Christians, they've got these walls. They've got this rigidity, this, uh, this regimentation, and they don't love. No, they are not going to risk that. I did that once. The last church I got hurt. So what? When are you going to heal up? When are you going to trust? You can't live in this world and not get hurt. 
You can't be associated with sinners and not have your heart disappointed. Jesus, three and a half years in these men and not one man in the group proves to be loyal. They'll have to make a visit to Pentecost. And then only the Spirit of God can put a steadfastness in them that makes them not bail out again. His love could not be quenched by evil. The Bible says, let not good be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. His love transcends all social class. Here he is stooping, doing his love stooping. From the throne, you couldn't get any higher. And then a bird, which is probably no more than 20 yards from animal defecation. In a barnyard scene, he can't get any lower. The fall of man and the fall of Satan was trying to go up. You're the closest to Christ when you're willing to go down. Love stoops to serve. Love's not trying to get a promotion. And love is not being controlled by the evil environment in which it is desperately needed. His love is active. He gets up from the table. He leaves what's pleasurable to go and do a dirty job. He, uh, he's willing to come from a job where you paid well, treated good, and spend Sundays changing another kid's dirty diapers. It's not your kid is that good looking, believe me. The hind end of no kid with a dirty diaper is good looking. But you heard the woman said, Christ, move me to do it. Christ's love. You see, ministry burnout, if you're just doing it for ministry, ministry without love is just religious activity and you're burning out and you're looking to resign and bail out and go ahead. God doesn't need the church on the shoulders of the burnout. He needs it on the shoulders of those head over heels in love with Christ. And he seems to give strength to those who love him that you can't get any other place. They even go into jungles, I hear, and evangelize lost tribes. They even find an excuse to make it on Sunday. Because they love Christ. Well, his love is active. His love is a cleansing love. How we become so dirtied and defiled in this earthly walk. A love that's willing to stoop and cleanse the feet of a dirty man. We'll get to it next week. I don't think Christ is establishing a foot washing ordinance. I've been at foot washings, by the way, and they're wonderful and beautiful. But they always tell people, before you come, wash your feet. <laughs> My brother and I went to a foot washing one night. We were out in North Richmond. We used to go out there, and Paul used to play music in a black choir group. We just step in, and you just start playing music. And they just happened to have a foot washing. We just came in that night. We didn't know. And we never forget the pastors saying, Now, folks, we're going to have a foot washing tonight, and your feet had better be clean. He said, I've been to some foot washings, and by the time the water got to me, it looked like they'd been washing hogs. Remember that, Paul? And we thought, Whoa, man, we better slip out the side door. We didn't come with our feet clean, we came to play music. Not to get her feet worse. 
But you know what? Christ is saying, you've got to come to him to get your walk cleansed. Have you done any cussing this week you shouldn't have cussed? Anybody see any uh, illicit literature? Anybody got a dirty joke someone told you that you maybe have not even intended to hear, but you can't get it out of your head? Just walking through this world full of moral rubbish and manure, you can get really stinking dirty quick. And Christ is saying, you must come to me. I will wash your feet, not only in this upper room, but for over 1,900 years, he's been washing the feet of his church that comes and said, I want to just confess my sin. I'm dirty. Would you wash my feet? And he said, and the blood of Christ cleanseth us from all sin. Let me just conclude. Pride will never let you stoop to serve. It always makes you whine around about not getting what you deserve. There's no competition going down. Everybody's competing to go up. You'll never be more like Christ than when you stoop to wear the towel. To become Christ's own, you must be cleansed. You must have the bath, and then you must perpetually be cleansed. I grew up with an old song. You don't even know it unless you're my blessed era. Have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you fully trusting in His grace this hour? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you washed in the blood, in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Has the atoning work of Christ been applied to your life so as to remove all stain of sin? He wants to bathe you, and he wants to maintain his own by washing their feet. I like to say this to you. Hear me well. It is time to love. Right now is the time to start loving. Don't wait for your circumstance to improve or the characters in your life to improve. They won't. He wants you to start loving like you've never loved. You don't have long to love. This is the right time to love. The greatest thing we'll ever do in life is love. I was telling the men, I, last few months, spring is usually hard on me, allergies and energy, but I literally got tired of preaching, tired of hearing myself. I never buy any tapes, by the way. <laughs> Only the other staff. I'll hear their tapes, but I, I wouldn't waste my money to hear me. Uh, and I, I just came to a point preached for years, but I just said, I'm tired of preaching. I'm tired. I work 20 hours and preach to people that are all going to run out of here and they're worried about the playoffs and worried about a pot roast lunch. They're not even, they won't even know what I said two weeks from now. Why all this work? Why all this energy? They're not getting it anyway. They don't even know what justification means and I've taught on it 50 times. It's a waste of effort. And as I got back and just reflected, I thought, what's greater than preaching? The great, then I began to read once again Henry Drummond's classic, The Greatest Thing in the World is to Love. Preaching will pass away.
Miracles will pass away. Tongues will pass away. Prophecies will fade. But love abides forever. What you do from the motivation of love will be the greatest thing. And the greatest thing any of us have ever become has probably come as the result. Somebody loved me. You're nobody till somebody loves you. And many of you had to go to God. It's the only human being you ever found that would ever love you. You found no human being, maybe in your family tree. So you went to the divine father. I want to tell you, he's got enough to make up for all human losses. My sister was over the house here the other night. I find out if we invite her for dinner, she'll always come. And um, she came over and the kids were sitting at the table. My sister was born in 1930. I went around for many years. She took care of me. She first handled me when she was 14. She said she landed in California in 1936 as my parents fled El Dorado, Kansas from pain, poverty, and a dust bowl. But they landed in a state that didn't like Okies. It was like having Mexicans come across the border. They were the minority white trash. They were poor. People didn't want them getting on the California state rolls. Don't be supporting these bunch of hillbillies, ignorant people out of the Midwest. My dad left, put my brother Paul and Hazel on a bus. She told the story how that, she said, Daddy, get on the bus. And he said, Daddy can't get on the bus. She said, Daddy, there's room. I'll share my seat. She said, Daddy didn't have the money for the ticket. I'll see you in California. And my mother brought Paul and Hazel and landed in this state in 36. She said, in 1936, I believe it was, she said uh, she went in the first grade. And uh, while going to school one day, my folks had no, no food. And so my mother told Hazel, you can't go to school today. And Hazel said, why, Mama? She said, there's no food. Now I don't want you going to school without anything to eat. So just stay home. Eh, that's fine for a six-year-old. No problem. Well, the next day she went to school and, and her teacher made... Inquiry said, Hazel, I, I missed you yesterday. Where were you? Little girl, she hadn't learned to lie. <laughs> to see, she, well, we had no food. And my mama said, I couldn't go to school without any food. That's why I didn't come. Teacher said, oh. She said, have you ever been to our school cafeteria? She said, no. You ought to have Hazel tell it. She said, it's great. No, just a little old girl. No, I, she said, today you meet me at the cafeteria, would you? So they went there. Hazel said it's the first time she ever ate mashed potatoes. She's been hooked ever since. <laughs> and, and she said she ate those mashed potatoes and they gave her her own carton of milk. She never seen milk that way. Her little individual carton. And while she sat there, this teacher looks and says, uh, Hazel, how would you like to eat at the cafeteria every day? She said, oh, I love that. 
how, how could I do that? She said, I can take care of it. So, Hazel goes to her and says, Mama, have you ever had mashed potatoes? Have you ever had milk? That following week, the teacher noticed my sister's shoes were spent. She's nearly walking on the soles of her feet. And the teacher came by the house and talked to my mother and said, Would you care if I bought your daughter a pair of shoes? Now, my folks were living in a tent in the front yard of my dad's sister in Visalia, California, picking cotton, working on bridges, and being called white trash Okies. Get out of here. We're a prune picker state. We don't need Okies and Arkies taking over our state. If you do, we want you to plant crops and pick cotton and do what Californians don't like to do. And we'll make the Mexicans do it later. My mom said, yeah, you can take her. Now, at our dinner table, my wife had to run, grab the, had to grab all the Kleenex. So everybody grabbed the Kleenex. We're all wiping our eyes. Hazel, stop it, stop it. <laughs> and Hazel broke. She said, I know that teacher's name. I know what she did. And she will be one of the first people I look up in heaven. Because she took an interest in an Oki girl, broke, poor, and without prestige or place, and fed me all that school year, never ate so good. And she picked up the tab. Friend, you'll never do anything greater in life than to love somebody. You will never do anything greater in life than to love. They may betray you. They may deny you. They may break your heart. But that's their problem. Your reward is, I love them. Don't quit loving. This week, I wish all of you would read John 13 and find someone to love. Write them a, a love note. A Sunday school teacher, a mama, a daddy, a friend, a brother, a sister in this church. I mean, just this week we know of homes that are no more. Just this week we know of pain that only love can bind up. Love covers a multitude of sin. When love is thin, faults are thick. When you're not loving, all you can see is what's wrong with folks. Welcome to the human race. Anybody can find out what's wrong. Jesus said, I've set you an example. And all men... From now on, we'll know you, not because you preach, teach, and say you're so stinking right. They'll know you because you outlove them. I've never seen a world like ours that needs so much love and so few given it. When you don't even know if your kid will get home alive from school. Church, Christ wants to wash your feet. And he wants to turn us into a group of foot washers. Spiritually speaking, going to people, I believe, and trying to help them get clean, help them to get well, being true to them through all the messes of life, maybe buying a little girl a lunch. The greatest thing in all the world is love. May we become such people. 
And this is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Our time today spent in God's Word to encourage you to bring you truth for today. If you have questions or comments about our time together, we would invite you to write to us. You can either visit our website and drop us an email, write to us via U.S. mail, or give us a call. Another way to reach out to us with your questions would be to simply record them on your voice memo app on your smartphone and then email that audio to tftquestions at valleybible.org. Our phone number is 855-833-9864. Our website, truthfortodayradio.org. And if you're writing to us, the address is 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. If you have questions about the ministry of Truth For Today and how we are funded to air on this radio station, we would love to talk with you. We are listener-supported, quite simply, and no gift is too small, no gift is too large. Whether it's a one-time gift or a monthly gift, it all goes back into the radio ministry, ensuring that it airs on this radio station. So would you consider that as you reach out to us here at Truth For Today? One other note as we close out our time today, while Pastor Phil is the pastor emeritus at Valley Bible Church in Hercules, we are still very much a part of this body. And if you are looking for a church, we would invite you to join us. Now, we know that this current crisis has us all sequestered away. So you can join us at valleybible.org, where we stream our services. Again, valleybible.org. And then, as we find ourselves released from this quarantine, we will be meeting together here in Hercules. And for information, directions, and details, again, visit valleybible.org. And then we invite you to come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Blessed be the name.